Hey, welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. I'm Rob Chartrand, the lead pastor of the church. We're a church that's for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and are passionate about helping people find their way back to God. Hey, if you're new, I'll have a bit to say at the end of the podcast, but in the meantime, let's listen to this Sunday's message. Good morning. Welcome. If you guys don't know me already, my name is Micah. I'm the assistant pastor here at Crosspoint. And Whatever is happening in life right now, we want you to know that you're so welcome and we're so glad that you're here. Uh, Whatever is happening, we want you to know that you are among friends today. You're among friends. Before we get started, I'm going to invite all our elementary age kids to meet their spot-on leaders over here at the left, where Delaney is waving her arm, uh, to continue in worship and more discipleship. Parents, if you haven't already checked in your kid, you still got to do that, otherwise we won't give them back. Does that sound good? All right, so sign in your kids. That's very important. We care about kids going where they belong in the end, right? Right? Awesome. Well, it's so good to be with you guys this morning. And today we're just going to get right into the Word of God. And we pray that the Word of God will speak to our lives and change us from the inside out. And so, if you have your Bible, your Bible app, or today's bulletin insert, you can follow along there. Uh, We're going to be turning to the book of John, chapter 10. And if you have none of that, don't worry. You can follow along on the screen behind my big head. Sound good? All right. We want to make sure we got you covered. We're going to start with John, chapter 10, verse 1. And so... What's happening here, just a little context, is that Jesus is sharing a parable with what the Bible calls these uh, just really stubborn teachers, the Pharisees. And there's two motives at play here. They, the Pharisees, are investigating Jesus, and while Jesus is trying to reveal to the Pharisees who he really is. And so let's read together, starting with verse 1. So Jesus begins, he says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep, and the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he brought... Out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. And so, therefore, Jesus said it again. Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief will come only to steal and kill and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and it scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. 
I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen and I must bring them also. And they too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And the reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. Not only, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. And I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. And so the Jews heard these words, were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? Isn't that interesting? Why listen to Jesus? Well, this is the Word of God. Will you pray with me before we continue? Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would open our eyes today. Let us see what you see. Help us to know you more and love and live and look more like you today when we leave this place. We take a moment to fully listen to what your voice has in store for us today. What would you say to us today? And we thank you for it. We love you for it. Amen. Amen. Have you ever found church to be weird? No, really, like, have you found church to be weird sometimes? Yeah, thank you. It's not just me. Okay. I, I love our community. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes when Christians hang out with each other for a long time, they start to do some weird things. Let me back that up. For example, when I was a kid uh, growing up in Sunday school, we used to sing this weird song. And some of you might know it. Some of you might not. And that's okay. That just makes it more weird. All right. The song goes like this. I just want to be a sheep. Ba, 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 ba. Some of you know it, right? You know that song. Okay, it's weird, right? Then it, yeah, it is. Let's just admit it right now. It's weird. Then it goes, I don't want to be a Pharisee because they're not fair, you see. Okay, one more verse. Just one more for me. I don't want to be a goat. Nope. Okay, that's a lesser known verse, but it's still weird. It's still weird. We can agree on that. I think... But the, I was thinking about that recently. I was like thinking back when I used to sing that song and think to myself, what was I saying? What was I saying? Why was I saying that? When I was a kid, I did not want to be a sheep. Sheep stink. Like, seriously, they live confined in unexciting lives. I, I grew up in the 90s when Jurassic Park was like just coming out and it was famous. I wanted to be a dinosaur, right? Everyone wanted to be a velociraptor. That's the truth. I don't want to be a sheep. Boring. You know, they walk around all day. They get herded around like these fluffy little ping-pongs on the horizon. And then they die. Right? I don't want to be a sheep. Why sing this song? But you see, in the Gospel of John, Jesus says he is the good shepherd and that we are his sheep. Blah. Blah. It's weird. It's weird. Why would we sing that song? I don't want to be a sheep. And you know, the people of God, the Jews, call Jesus crazy. He, he comes to their gathering, their religious gathering, and, he, and they call him crazy. And so I wonder if Jesus were to show up here to our gathering today and share the story, would we call him a demon-possessed man? It doesn't make sense. 
And so while the truth is that singing songs about being a sheep may be funny, for followers of Jesus, it's not weird. You know, what's weird, what's concerning is, is if Jesus came to our gathering today and he found no sheep, but only Pharisees. It's not weird. No. Would we say that we want to live the lives of sheep? Would we say that today? Would we say that Jesus is our shepherd and that we are his sheep? So my guess is that deep down somewhere in the recesses of your heart like me, you're like, no, I don't want to be a sheep. Sheep stink. So let me answer this question today. Why on earth would we want to live the lives of sheep? Why would we want to live the lives of sheep? And so uh, today, I strong, I'm convinced, I'm sold out, I strongly believe that Jesus is speaking to us in this passage and telling us something very important. He is telling us that His sheep live full lives. You can write that down. That's the main thing I want you to know as you leave today is that the shepherd's sheep, the good shepherd's sheep live full lives. They live full lives. And if you're not convinced that you want to live the life of a sheep, Jesus will convince you. Jesus offers us four life-changing opportunities for his sheep to live full lives. And so let's get right into it. The first opportunity that he's offering us today is a gate. A gate. Jesus says in verse 9, I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in, and they will go out, and they will find pasture. Isn't that great? We have someone to follow. We have direction. See, Jesus is telling us that he, he exclusively is our salvation from sin. He is the thura, the Greek word for used here, which literally means door of opportunity. Jesus is our opportunity of salvation. Isn't that awesome? We have a gate. That's not it. He is also our very way of life. In Him we come and we go and we find pasture. In verse 10, He says He is unlike the thieves and the robbers. He wants to offer His sheep more full lives in Him. We should become people of the gate. Are we people of the gate? That is our direction. Whatever is going on in your life right now, Jesus is the next step. Jesus. He's your God. He is your bread. He is the truth. He is the spring, the life, and the way. He says so. He is the gate. And so when you want out of your current situation, whatever's going on in your life, maybe you feel like you're in a pit, stuck in your sins, He is the exit door. He is the exit door. So when you want into His communion, into his embrace, into his relationship. He is the entry door. You rise with him and you follow him out of the fold and you come back and you go down to slumber with him. That's the advantage that his sheep have. It's a life with him. He is our next, the gate to where you need to go, some direction. So keep your eyes on the Good Shepherd, friends. Keep your eyes on the Good Shepherd. Don't spend your life looking for thieves in the pen. We do that. Spend your time instead looking at the Good Shepherd, the gate. 
You know, I've heard it said lately in the, the public forum, uh, quote, nobody is mandated by God to be a heresy hunter. When we are walking in judgment and critical spirit, we can stumble into an unhealthy infatuation with looking for the enemy instead of seeking the Lord. I see some of you nodding. Is that true? Do we get so caught up in hunting heresy that we lose focus of the good shepherd? Maybe we need to flesh that out a little more. Perhaps, have you ever treated someone poorly because their theology was wrong? I've, I've, I've gone there. Maybe the Good Shepherd is leading us to love them, not to unfairly judge them before their time. What is the Good Shepherd leading us to do? Think about it. You know how you deal with thieves and robbers in the sheep pen? We focus on the game, which is Jesus. There's always some slinky little minx who marks the sheep pen and tries to slip in another way. Isn't, isn't it funny? Life is like that, isn't it? There is something that would rob us of our life that says there must be another way. You know, it's been the very condition of mankind since the serpent in the garden. Look for another way. Not God's way, our way. Let's, let's find another way. You know, to be honest, I can be like that when I'm traveling with my wife, Dominique. You know, I'm always looking for another way. When, you know, when we're navigating unfamiliar places when we're traveling, I have the audacity to look for a shortcut. Seriously, what, what just uh, pompous. Like, oh, if we just drive through this neighborhood, we're going to end up where we want to go on the other side. Or, oh, if we just hop on this interstate, we won't end up driving an hour in the wrong direction and then have to hold until our bladders explode and until my wife rolls her eyes so far back they can't come back. You know, I like having directions, I, to be honest. Like, I like them. I, I would be anxious without them. But I love a shortcut. I love it. Oh, I'm always looking for a shortcut. Saves, like, like, there's so much time I need to save. But unfortunately, because of that very reality of my life, that, that thing inside of me, that audacity, we have been lost, we have been stuck, we have wasted time. I know it's surprising, right? Like, that I would do that, but I do that. And so recently, me and the, the wife and the, the two kids, we, we jumped on the road and we headed north to see some family. And while we were there, I was tempted yet again to find a shortcut in a place I didn't know just to save some time and get back on this thoroughfare that goes the way I want to go because that's like, that's the way to go. And like a voice from heaven, my wife boomed from the passenger seat with holy conviction. She says, enough, enough. She looked me in the eye and said, no new ways. No new ways. No more shortcuts. No more. She wasn't yelling. She wasn't yelling, but she's like, it's, it was intense. That's how I felt it. No more adventures. This is like how I was like, ah! There's no, there's just a way that we know is right and true. Let's take that way. And God bless that passionate woman. She's spoken to my life that day. She was right, and she was more right than she knew. Because when you're driving, sometimes there's just a couple of ways. But in life, there's only one way. And that's the gate, which is Jesus. No shortcuts. So I'm going to ask you today, have you found the gate? 
Perhaps today is the day that you ask Jesus for forgiveness for this other life that you've been living, not the lives of sheep, and you make him your way, your shepherd, your Lord and Savior. It's a bold invitation, but it's there. You have a gate. Jesus is the gate. He is your way to the Father in the fold. He is your good shepherd, and he leads you to pasture. How? Well, let me tell you, the good shepherd offers us, number two, a voice. He offers us a voice. Jesus says in the scripture, the good shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they, what, they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Okay, so for those of you who are word study nerds here, the Greek word used here for voice is phone. And this, this is so interesting. Don't miss this. You don't want to miss this piece right here. I've researched the literal meaning of the word for voice in the Greek. That literal meaning of that word phone is primarily voice. Right? Amazing! There is no hidden meaning here. Jesus, when he says, my voice, they know my voice, he means his voice, his words. That's what we can know. You know, that's what we can know. The, the recorded scriptures is inspired by his spirit, nothing else. There's no modern day prophet or dealer that can be trusted like the shepherd's voice. Right? You can say amen. Jesus is telling us that his sheep know his voice. They know what it sounds like, and they know what it says, and they know what it doesn't sound like. In fact, they run from the voices that don't sound like his. Wow! Isn't that awesome? Like a North Star, something like an inner compass that we can know who, which voice in this world to follow. Which voice is prominent in your life right now? Do we know his voice? Are we his sheep? Are we? You know, as disciples of Jesus, knowing the voice of the Good Shepherd is critical. Why? I mean, let's be serious. Have you ever been in a relationship like any with anyone? Here's a, here's a free nugget for life, my friends. If you don't already have this down, I'm still learning it and knowing how important it is Active listening is key to any healthy and wholesome relationship. Like, seriously, like, communication is everything. And so, again, since we're talking about relationship with the shepherd and with other voices in the world, it reminds me of a time I was listening to my dear wife, Dominique. And this is what I remember when she was talking to me. Don't laugh at me, okay? I'm being vulnerable. She said, are you listening to me? That's all I remember. Like, seriously. And some sinful part of me, as if involuntary, nodded like some dumb robot. Y yeah. Yeah, I, I heard what she said. But, you know, Dominique's so sharp. You've got to meet this woman. If you don't know her already, she's so sharp. She said, well, what did I say then? What do you think about that? Ah. Uh, uh, I, was, I was in trouble. I was, uh, I'm driving. Don't talk to me. You know? 
you know, the, I was in trouble. And, you know, on the best of days, I'm, I'm a daydreamer. On the worst of days, I'm just plain distracted and not paying attention and I'm not present. I might as well be on another planet. Let me ask you this, especially you parents. Have you ever heard the phrase, I'm not talking to you just because I like the sound of my own voice? Someone's like, hey! I knew that would resonate with some of you. Is Jesus talking to you because he just likes the sound of his own voice? In the same way, is Jesus trying to use his voice, the word of God, to get your attention? Or, perhaps you know the Bible, you're, you're well uh, you know, acquainted with his word, his voice. You, you know it like the back of your hand. But he wants you to act on it. You know, Jesus doesn't just want you to, to know his voice. He wants you and he requires his sheep to act on it. He's not just talking because he likes the sound of his own voice. What are some voices that distract you from his voice? What are some voices you need to run away from because it's not the good shepherd's voice? I know for some of you it might be a voice in your head. Yeah, we all have them. Some of them good and some of them bad. We hear them every day when we wake up. Some of them can say some pretty terrible things. Maybe it's a voice amongst your peers, people you hang out with. Or, or better yet, Maybe there's a voice of some celebrity preacher that you love so much. Think about it. Seriously. Which voice matters the most? Theirs or the Good Shepherd? Do you know the Good Shepherd's voice? And perhaps today you commit again or for the first time to getting to know his voice by digging into his word, the Holy Scriptures, a bit each day like a small sufficient meal, the diet of sheep. And Jesus is the good shepherd who offers his guiding voice in a noisy and chaotic world. Why? So we can be sent to the lost world. Because you know, we were once lost too. We can't forget that. But the good shepherd offers us what? What does he offer all of those who are lost in the world? Well, number three, he offers us a fold. Jesus told the Pharisees, I have another, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, and I must bring them also. And they too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. You see, isn't that awesome? The sense of unity and inclusivity, isn't that awesome? This is probably, though, the most controversial and challenging verse of the whole lot of 20 verses that we're looking through. And there's so much there. But we're only taking four. To the Pharisees, this is challenging. To the Jews, this was challenging. And this is challenging to us today. Because Jesus is saying that we are his only sheep. We aren't the only ones who will know his voice. Hear what the Jesus is saying to you today, church. What the Good Shepherd is up to is bigger than us. As Jesus followers, we may like our particular sheep pen. We may like our brand of music and decorum and feed. But Jesus says there is one flock and one shepherd. They all smell and look different. Some aren't even in the flock yet. And as much as He leads us into relationship with Him and each other, He is leading us out to the lost sheep of the world. Jesus says, 
the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He leads them out. Let me ask you today, have we become the exclusive gatekeepers to the Good Shepherd's fold? Or better yet, write this down. This is a good question for us today. Will we let Jesus in so his voice will lead us out? Will we let Jesus into this community so when we start to know his voice, he will lead us out of this community, into the community, into the world, and the ends of the earth? Let me explain what I mean. Uh, when I was in high school, which wasn't long ago, some of you must be thinking. <laughs> it was long enough, but I witnessed the most disgusting case of social rejection that I will never forget. And it's there in my mind, clear as day. I mean, most of us can't forget high school, right? It is hard to be a teenager, right? Do you remember? It's hard to be a teenager. High school is hard. And, and I didn't know this guy much at all when we went to school together, but I will always remember his face that day. This young man I'm talking about desperately wanted to be included by his peers. Do you know someone like that? You could just tell. You could just tell that he really wanted to be embraced by the people that he thought he wanted to hang out with. He stood about as half as tall as anyone and could often be observed on the outside edge of the crowd of these these brutish football fanatics you know he, he loved the football guys he, he played football he wanted to be a part of their group and you know he didn't intend to be on the outside of the circle looking in he just couldn't find a way a path or like a gate into the inner circle of guys he wished were his friends the, the guys he wished would notice him but this particular day is burnt into my memory because these jocks did notice him that day. They noticed how he poked around to hear what they would say and see what they would do. They noticed how he followed them and he knew them all by name. That heartbreaking day, they did open the circle to him. They let him be in, into the, in the center and as soon as it opened, it closed again around him. And there he was in the center of this solid circle of testosterone, right? And this was everything he had ever wanted, to be included in the circle. To be in the circle, but, but not like this. He didn't want it to be like this. And what these broken boys had done was form a solid circle around this lost young follower so he could not get out. And what made it terrible and cruel was that all of their backs were now to him. He was in the middle, but their backs were to him. He was in the center, but he was never more alone. And as they locked this boy in their trap, he jumped around to see what was going on, why they were doing this. And they laughed at him. They laughed at him. I'll never forget him. I'm ashamed that I saw this and I did nothing. I'm trying to tell you today that we can do something. For those of us who devote ourselves to Christ, sometimes we have no idea how much people would give to find a gate, a way in. We have no, much, no idea how much people are looking for a good voice to break through all the ones that spew hatred 
at them every day. Sometimes we have no idea how much they too want to find his fold. Have you opened the fold? Has Crosspoint practiced the open circle? Perhaps, you know, we have been open and welcoming to newcomers. I think that's what we strive to do every Sunday and throughout the week is be welcoming and make people feel valued and have meaningful engagements. But do they still feel alone in our company? That's my question now. Is it like our backs are to them? Are we truly offering the community and the full lives that the Good Shepherd has offered us who follow Him? There's good news, though. There's good news. What keeps the fold open? The gate, which is Jesus. When we dedicate ourselves to the Good Shepherd, He will lead us, direct us, and open our community to His lost sheep the greater flock. As for me, this gatekeeper is inviting the Good Shepherd in so that we can be His flock. This community can be His flock. And you know, this unimpressive shepherd that stands before you isn't the Good Shepherd. I know that to be true. I realize that, but I come through the gate, which is Jesus who's redeeming me and saving me and working on me every day. The gate who is Jesus. We need to focus on the good shepherd, Jesus. And both the shepherd, and both as shepherd and sheep, I want to go where he's leading us. Do you want to go there today? Yes. Where is the good shepherd leading you? Think about it. Perhaps today you say hello to someone who doesn't look like you for the first time. And really invite them into the experience of true biblical community, which is life together. The lives of sheep. So why would we live the life of sheep? The Good Shepherd offers you a gate into His presence and out into His purpose. His voice safely guides you to the pasture. His fold is open to you and all the lost sheep who come to Him. But more than that, the Good Shepherd wants to offer you finally, number four, a full life. He wants to offer you a full life. The power of the passage found is in verse 10. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Isn't that awesome? Some of you might be saying, but like sheep live for like only 10 years. Yeah, it's true. Literal sheep don't live a long time. But the years on earth are useful. In the same way, for the followers of Jesus, we can't count our years that we will have on earth. We know that to be true. But we should want them to be meaningful and full. And I think Jesus wants to make them full for those who follow him. You know, ten full years is better than a hundred empty ones. Seems like a fair trade. Jesus offers us fullness in him every step of the way. Every step of the way. So before we close today, I'm going to invite the band up to the stage. I'm going to invite you guys to stand up before we respond. He wants to offer you a full life. He wants to offer you a full life. Do you want that full life today?
He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms, and he carries them close to his heart. And he gently leads those that have young. That's my shepherd. That's the good shepherd. Will we be his sheep? Are you experiencing the full lives of sheep today? Or does your life more reflect someone else, not the sheep who follows the good shepherd? And so as we close today, we're going to sing a song called I Surrender. And I want you to consider where you're at in your journey today. Today I want to invite you to surrender to the good shepherd. To surrender your life for the full lives of sheep. One life for another. So today I, I'm going to be willing to pray with you after the gathering on the left. And if some of you are seeking a way to God. Let me introduce you to the gate. Let me introduce you to Jesus today. Some of you want to know him more. Let me introduce you to his voice. Some of you are just looking for community. Right? Let me introduce you to his family right here. This community. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope it's helped you in your spiritual journey and it's helped you draw closer to God. Let me tell you a little bit about us. Crosspoint gathers as one church on Sundays in Northeast Edmonton. And you can find out our location and more about us by visiting our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. We also meet throughout the week throughout Edmonton in what we call home groups. These are smaller communities of learning, laughter, community, uh, transformation. We, we think that the journey of faith was never intended to be an independent exercise. It's, it's something that we do together. So please visit our website and find out how you can get connected to a home group near you. If you listen to our podcast regularly, why not make it shareable? You could like us on iTunes or share our podcast with other people. But more importantly, we hope you will get connected with other people and talk about what you've learned. Again, hey, thanks for listening. We pray you'll experience Christ's love in a very real and profound way this week.